0: Welcome to the Church on a Hill podcast. This is Pastor Corey Lahery, and the Church on a Hill podcast is a ministry of Palouse Federated Church in Palouse, Washington. We are glad you joined us for this podcast, and we hope that, that this will bless you. Hello friends, I truly pray that this message blessed you. And if you want to find out more about our ministries or listen to other messages or videos of our worship services you can check us out at palousechurch.org or search for Palouse Church on YouTube or check us out on Facebook or we are on uh, the Bible app there's different ways to find us you can always email me Corey C-O-R-E-Y at palousechurch.org to connect with me or to send me a prayer request we really appreciate you connecting with us in this way And may God bless your day. Friends, welcome to the message today. We continue the series, Words That Matter. Today is the third word, the word of relationship from the Gospel of John, chapter 19. We've heard the first two words, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And Jesus then telling the repentant thief on the cross, I tell you the truth, today you will be with me in paradise. Jesus is speaking words of love and comfort to others while he is suffering on the cross. And now his third word will also be aimed at others and their comfort. This journey of listening to Jesus from the cross is a gift to us. And it is for us to listen to listen deeply and to yield, to surrender to Christ and his Holy Spirit that we might be more and more transformed into his likeness, all for his glory. Let, Let us pray. God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts, may they be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, dear Lord, for you are truly our rock and our redeemer you alone should we rightly fear. You alone should we fully follow. You alone should our lives be founded upon. And you are the one who though fully God became fully human and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. And your words from that cross, O oh Lord, they teach us deep lessons. Give us ears to hear. I pray that your people would be praying for themselves and for others that they would hear what you are saying that they'd be praying for me as a preacher, that I would proclaim your word, your truth, and that I and myself, I'd get out of the way of what you want to speak. Lord, may you be glorified, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're able, wherever you're at, if you're able and it's safe, would you stand for the reading of the gospel from the gospel of John chapter 19, starting with verse 19. Pilate answered, what I have written, I have written. When the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his garments and divided them into four parts, one part for each soldier, also his tunic. But the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece from top to bottom. So they said to one another, let us not tear it, but cast lots for it to see whose it shall be. This was to fulfill the scripture which says, They divided my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. So the soldiers did these things, but standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold, your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her into his home. Excuse me. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. This is the word of the Lord, the gospel. Well, we see much truth in this story. Truth about us and truth about our Lord. And first, let us look at the truth about us as human beings. We see our lust for the material. Our lust for the material. We can see that in the soldiers. Now, it could be said that they're just doing a job. They're just following orders. And boy, that has been a justification for many, many sins and crimes in this world. Now, just because it's your job, or just because you're giving orders, or just because it's legal, doesn't make it good or healthy. Or you know, just like the Roman soldiers, we have things at our fingertips. They had the material clothing of Jesus at their fingertips. They had the clothing of others that were crucified and the possessions of those killed at their fingertips. And they could have it if they wanted it. It came at a price. Now we have the world at our fingertips. Right at the end of our fingertips, we have devices where we can search the world We can search for what we want, what we lust for. We can shop for things that we don't need. We can do this at a cost, whatever it might cost our our family budget, the environment, or our own souls. We sometimes lust for the material that isn't actually good. Our, Our lust to have, and to have more, to have what is really some Something that is someone else's is part of our deep brokenness. As a contrast, look at Jesus here in this scene. He's, he's not taking, he's giving away. He's giving away his power as the Son of God. He, though he was God, he did not count equality with God something to hang on to or grasp to, Paul says in Philippians 2, but he's giving himself away, in a sense emptying himself And we are taking, taking, taking from Him. We are taking His breath. We are taking His flesh. We are taking His blood. But He is giving and giving and giving. And He's doing this because He desperately longs to transform us from who we are as human beings, these lost human beings, lustful takers. And He wants to transform us to be more like Him, a deep-souled giver of love. And we look at the cross. And we also see our desire for power. Our desire for power. Pilate and Rome show us this, right? Pilate has sentenced Jesus to the cross, and Jesus is there on the cross for many reasons. Partly because it is the plan of God to save us. That's the huge reason, right? But, but Rome uses crosses and has crosses there in, in Jerusalem because Rome and Pilate, they have a desire to keep power, to keep their subjects in fear, to dominate them. And we humans, we desire and misuse power, whether it's in our own, our own families or communities or on the world scale. But even in our own family relationships, we go back to the ancient times, and Cain killed his brother Abel. He was jealous, and so he used the physical power that he had to take a life that was not his. And many years later, Rome is still doing it, and many, many years later, governments are still doing it around the world And we should ask ourselves, isn't it God's right alone to give and take away life? Why, why do we as humans create cultures where we say when life begins and when it ends, it's our misguided desire to have the power that God has, but we are not God. James made this type of observation and wrote it this way in his letter named after him. James, starting with chapter 4, verse 1. What is causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires that war within you? You want and you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it away from them, yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. Instead of living the simple life of faith and trust and depending on God, we're living the lives of power and control, and lust. So let's look at our will to control. Our will to control, we can see it in the religious leaders who are kind of in the background of the story. They're, they're trying to manage and manipulate and use Rome to their own ends. We see that the relig- religious leaders, they're trying to still manage Pilate and, and use Pilate as a worldly power to communicate the message that we, we, they want use the worldly power for their religious purposes. They, they too want control, even though they don't have uh, the power in that district. They, they don't have seeming control. But instead of choosing the way of humility and meekness, they choose the way of politics and manipulation and the, the twisting of words, of spin. They want to control the message of who Jesus is. And let's think about this. It's not even their cross. It's a possession of Rome. And they're not the one on the cross. That's Jesus. But they want to control the message. Right? And we do the same when we spend our life talking about others when it's not our life to talk about. Right? Twisting the words of others rather than mainly seeking to serve and do good to others and monitor our own words and take the log out of our own eye. We as human beings, we long to control and to feel secure. And we will feel secure even if it means picking on the insecurities of others, putting others down. But Jesus says very, something very different in his ministry. Jesus says that it is the meek who are the most secure, the people who have no need to control or make fun of others or gossip about others or slander others. It is the people who are meek, who, the people who are poor in spirit come into his kingdom. He says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the meek, they will inherit the earth. They will, in a sense, be the most secure people who are walking on earth. The weak are strong because our strength is the Lord's and not our desire to control. And all of this leads, this this sick human brokenness leads to our wrong-headed devices arguments, right? Where we're caring more about our language and our words and our ideas than we are people. And isn't that a problem today. They fight over the sign, and people are still fighting over the signs instead of caring about people. We get to hear a bit of infighting between Rome and the Jewish religious leaders. They are fighting about how to communicate about Jesus. Pilate has written what he has written, and the Jewish religious leaders don't like it. Pilate wants his point, and his point is simply, a king of the Jews is dead, and Rome's still in charge. And the religious leaders don't like that implication, because that means in the sense that Rome can kill a king of the Jews, and they don't even think that Jesus is a king. And so they're arguing over words as if that will make them right. I mean, if they really cared about words, what about just a few lines before when they had said, "We have no king but Caesar?" They don't care, really. About truth. You see, it's not about the sign, it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. So many are like the religious leaders living on the surface level, never letting Jesus go deep into their soul, never surrendering full control of their mind, heart, soul, and strength. As as the scriptures teach us, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. He calls us to love him deeply, surrendering our whole selves. And we don't do this sometimes. Even churchgoers don't do this sometimes. And they, they spend up much of their energy in church, thinking that church is about a building, an institution, and not the people. They they spend up time arguing about colors and carpets, or, or or even worse than that, they spend time you know thinking about how good they are and how bad the people outside are, right? And they stay on the surface level rather than letting God take them to the deep, deep level. Of service and compassion and witness it 's not about the surface it 's about letting Jesus go deep with you. Have you let Jesus take you to the deep end of the swimming pool, so to speak, where you can 't touch it, it, it you can 't touch the bottom and you have to learn to swim in his ways of, of swimming where you have to learn to give up the 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 the, the safety net, where you can touch the bottom, the materialism, the power, the control, the arguing, the stain on the surface that makes you think that you can get through this life, that you can manipulate relationships just so, but instead, no, 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 we want to go to where we really live, where life really is, to the deeper waters, where we have to trust, where we have to obey, where we have to love, where we have to serve, where we have to surrender, where we have to uh, be uh, weak and a target sometimes. Are you ready for Jesus to take you to the deep end? Well, let's go to Jesus here. You see, Jesus is all about loving people. Jesus is all about loving people. And can it be messy? Yes, it's going to be messy. Loving people is going to be messy. Look at the scene of the cross. It's a terrible scene with its terrible sounds of shrieking, its terrible smells that would have been there, its terrible sights of blood and other things, right? It's terribly messy. Jesus himself was a physical mess at this point. He's naked there on the cross. He's bleeding. He's gasping. And surely his mom, Mary, is an emotional mess. The other women that are there with Mary, the beloved disciple John, they they are in this hard, disgusting, smelly, brutal scene. And why are they there? Why subject yourself to that kind of mess? Because you love. Jesus is there because he loves us. And they are there because they love Jesus, friends, Jesus loves us. Jesus knew this terrible, messy cross was coming for a very long time, he knew. Jesus knew that there would be pain that would pierce his own human mother's soul. Jesus knew that there would be the emotional pain of knowing that certain people had abandoned him in this moment. Jesus knew that, that people he had knit together and created would be people that would nail him to wood, He he knew this and he loved them all. He loves us all. And the first words he used was asking the Father, forgive them, make a way for them to be forgiven for they know not what they do. And then with his second set of words, he uses his mouth and his heart to, to speak comfort and to speak a promise of salvation to a criminal, a man who lived as a criminal, telling him that you will be in paradise. And now with his third word or phrase, he, he uses his mouth and his breath to comfort his mother and his family, his friends. Who is Jesus? He is the one that shares words to, to tell others that he cares about them. He cares about them and their future and what is really best for them. And so we see him, and we shouldn't be surprised to see him tending to them and ca- calling them to tend to each other. Now we know as Christians what's really going to happen, right? We know about his death and we know about the coming resurrection and we know beyond that because we have the scriptures now. And yes, this, the Godhead knew what was going to happen. But friends, this is not a play. This is real. And, and Jesus lives in this moment of the realness of it, the, the real pain, the real grief happening. Jesus was fully present. He didn't, he didn't use his knowledge of what was coming as an excuse not to love and be fully in the present and you may believe in the end times, and you should believe in God's return coming, but that is no excuse to not live fully in the present and to love people who might be messy to love now. Jesus knew his mother Mary was a real human being experiencing trauma and loss. Yes, he knew she would also experience the joy of his resurrection just days later, but he knew that right now she was hurting, and even if he tried to explain the resurrection now, that wouldn't overcome the pain she was going through. He was there present with her in that. And he knew for his good friend John, he knew in the same way that he was hurting and the others there too. And yes, he knew resurrection was coming, but their pain and their loss in the present is very real. And just like when he came to raise Lazarus from the tomb, he he knew he was going to raise Lazarus, but guess what? It says Jesus wept. He still wept. Whether he's grieving over the brokenness of the world, grieving over his friend's grief of losing Lazarus, grieving over Lazarus. He knew what was going to come, but he was in the moment and it's real and the pain is real. God is a God who grieves. That's an Old Testament teaching and a New Testament teaching. He grieves at the brokenness, the death, The the evil, the sin of this world, he cares. He's real. He's in the real moment, even though he's outside of time. He cares about what happens to us in our lives. He cares about what happens to you in your lives. He cares about you every moment of every day. He cares. You see, Jesus is consistent to the very end. And to the very end, he is doing what is right. And though I am sure the devil was tempting, maybe even whispering in his ear in some way, to be selfish in this moment, to be angry, to be closed off to his loved ones, though he was tempted in those ways, I'm sure he did not give in. He had not one selfish moment. And truly, he had to do this. He had to be faithful to the end. He had to be the fully righteous leader, the perfect lamb of sacrifice all the way through. And he was He was perfectly comforting in this moment of deep pain for his loved ones. So friends, don't let religion and religious arguments confuse you about what is right, what is righteousness. You see, Jesus had a deep desire. His deepest desire is to do the will of the Father to honor all righteousness. And that means rightly caring for people, even when they don't understand, even when they don't love you back. And one of the ways, one of the basic ways he's taught us to care for people is right there in the scriptures, in the Ten Commandments, honor your father and mother, right? And it will be well with you. It's a commandment with a blessing. You can read about Exodus 20. Honor your father and mother. It's a basic teaching of the Jewish and Christian faith. And it means caring for your your fathers or your mothers, even when it is very difficult, even when they are difficult. It sometimes means in our families broaching difficult topics, not denying that death is coming, facing disease, dealing with financial issues, talking about things that matter and not avoiding them, just like Jesus did here. The Pharisees of Jesus' day, and we could say the materialistic folks of our day, have their own arguments for why we need not take care of our parents. The Pharisees would say, well, I'm too busy doing spiritual and religious things, and so I don't need to take care of my parents to some extent, right? And the materialistic folks would say, I'm too busy living the good life for my life. I'll make money so that someone else can take care of them. But really, the the Pharisees and the materialistic people of our day have much in common. Their pursuit of life is more important than the care and honor of their own flesh and blood. And life is not to be interrupted by some needy person. The Pharisees, they had too much religion to attend to so they could feel self-righteous. And the materialistic person has too much accumulation to attend to so they can feel secure and enjoy their holiday wherever. What if instead we just did, tried to do better for our loved ones? What if the average American just prayed a bit more daily, checked in more daily on their family. Maybe one third the amount of time you watch TV, check in on family. Maybe that could get to one half or seventy-five percent. Maybe the amount of social media where you justify having social media because it's to check in with your family, but you're actually scrolling all kinds of things that don't do your brain or heart any good. Maybe if you actually checked in. Friends, I can say that I wish I could with my mother still. And I wonder, as I've gone through different things with my own family and other families, I can tell you this, if if we did check in more, if we heard their voices more, there would be crises that were interrupted. There would be caring that was communicated. There would be more connection. But our excuses of, but that's not fun, or that's difficult, or that's messy, or you don't know what they're like, they raise to more important than figuring out a way to just love them. Let's just figure out a way to love them. Don't we want to be loved and not forgotten? Do what is right, Jesus is demonstrating. Do what is right and care for people. Real people, not as a concept, but as people, as humans made in the image of God, just like you and I are. People right in front of you, just like Jesus did. People right in front of you. Our concepts make us think we're doing good when we're not. Rome had a concept called Pax Romana, right? The peace of Rome, Pax Romana. And, and and in this concept, they were able to kill lots of people, <laughs> lots and lots of people, hundreds of thousands of people on crosses, just to keep the peace. And our concepts, whether it's fascism or communism or or materialism, or capitalism. We can sacrifice all kinds of people to our concepts rather than just really loving people. Dietrich Bonhoeffer says it this way, the person who loves their dream of community will destroy community, but the person who loves those around them will create community. In our desire sometimes to have a nice small town or to have the small town the way we want it or the school district the way we want it, we will trample over some people, and that's wrong. We might have different views or different backgrounds, but we should listen and respect one another. And if we do that at a human level, community will be built. But don't make it about your concept first. Don't make it about your republicanism or your democratism or your freedom folkism or whatever your thing is. That's not who we are if you're a Christ follower. May I simply suggest this, that Jesus' way is much better. And Jesus' way was to love God and love the people right in front of you. Offer forgiveness. Whether people accept it or not, it's up to them, but offer forgiveness. Jesus, even offering to the brutal soldiers, offer paradise even to repentant criminals, offer comfort to the suffering and the grieving, to real people as we have opportunity. So let me ask you this practice Who are your people? Jesus' people, right in front of them, they're obvious, right? And in a way, all people are his people. But we can't reach everybody. We can't care about every crisis in the world. But that, just because you can't do everything, that's no excuse to not do our something. We can't reach everyone. But who are our some ones? Who are your people? Who are your eight to 15? The people that are in your regularly daily cycle of living, your family, your close friends, your, your neighbor that maybe you don't get super along with, uh, the, the person that, that you connect with at some event, but yeah, they're different than you. Who are those eight to 15 people in your regular life that you could say, I'm going to check in? I know that that neighbor does not have family. I need to check in. I need to care for them. They're right in front of me. God didn't put me on this block on accident. And don't let the materialism, the power, the control, the wrong-headed arguments of this world keep you away from just doing what is right and what is right in front of you. Sometimes those things, those isms, or our agendas, or somebody else's agendas... Keep us from simply being caring and more attentive and more loving. And I'll ask you this for your family specifically, for some of your family people. Are there some words you're not saying? Men, how about this? Are there some words you're not saying just because of our stoicism, our our strength, Of we don't want to be vulnerable? Are there some words, ladies, that maybe you're not saying to a, uh, a mother, a sister, or a friend because of a past hurt or slight? Are there words going unsaid? Well, the one who went to a cross, who spoke loving words and didn't deny the realness of his own death, this same one, Jesus Christ, can give you and I the courage and humility to speak what we need to speak in love. Oh Lord, your caring heart is so rich and full of love. You are truly selfless. Will you teach us and guide us into your deeper ways of loving people? Will you lead us out of the materialism and the shallow ways we live for stuff and power and control? Will you humble us and end our wrong-headed arguments? And will you, Lead us to live and love like you, caring for people right in front of us. Thank you, Jesus, for your perfect example, your perfect love. I pray this all in your name. Amen. Friends, there's some next steps. If you want to write us next at paloucesturch.org or... um, if you're watching this online, you can comment, but really the best way is next at policechurch.org to make sure we find out about it and can support you. Maybe you want to do the breath prayer, which is just teach me to love like you, Jesus. And you're not going to go from 0% to 100%, but maybe a tenth of percent a day where you're more like Jesus. There's a good book that some of us are reading together. Some of us did a Bible app reading plan about this book, but if you want a copy of the the fun and interesting and deep book called Last Supper on the Moon, let us know and we can provide a copy for you. And if you need to take that step of making a list of the people that God is calling you to care deeply for, your 8 to 15, your oikos list, your extended household, Maybe it's time you take that step or take that step again and make that list. Thanks be to God for His Word, for His good news, for His Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for listening to that message from our series, Words That Matter. In this season of Lent 2023, we have other resources available to bless you and deepen your faith. Uh, We gather for Bible studies throughout the week. Check out PalouseChurch.org for our schedules. Uh, Check out uh, the Bible app where many of us do reading plans together, uh, focused on what we're learning in this season. You can also join us for Soup Suppers Wednesday night in person, 6.30 p.m. at the church where we are reflecting and and listening to people share about the words that, that Jesus said from the cross. We also have Nights of Peace on Thursday nights during this season at Holy the Holy Trinity Chapel in Palouse, where you can be, be with the Lord in just a quiet time. Uh, and that's anytime from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. on Thursday nights. So there's lots of resources. Check us check us out on YouTube.com or the Bible app if you're not uh, a friend of me or Uh, our church on there. Check that out just so that you can connect with some resources that bless you if you're tuning into this series. Again, thank you for listening, and we do pray that the Lord blesses you and your time.